the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. 602-508-0960 is the number. 602-5080-960. Hello, Richard. Hello, Derek. How are you? Not enough has been written or said about the congressional hearings. On the, let me start again. <laughs> let me start again. Not enough has been written or said about the congressional hearings on the Communist Party of China two days ago. It beggars belief that a country of 1.4 billion people governed, armed, and animated by the most toxic ideology of the 19th and 20th centuries is blithely ignored. It takes more and more land, funds, more and more of our enemies and spies, more and more and more and more on more of our country and institutions and receives less and less of our interest. The other point I want to try to impart is that all the things China is exporting and that we are importing, the most comminatory may be the least physically visible, and that is China's ideology. So that there is no mistake about this, China does not conceal its goals or thoughts. The preamble to their constitution is clear. It reads, quote, the victory in China's new democratic revolution and the successes in its socialist cause have been achieved by the Chinese people of all nationalities under the leadership of the Communist Party of China and the guidance of Marxism-Leninism and Mao Zedong thought. That's in their constitution. For those who think we should not conflate socialism with communism or worry about socialism based on our paranoia of communism, do note that is not a distinction communists make. Again, just to make sure we get the point, that excerpt from their preamble is not a one-off. They give it to us a second time, this way, just to make sure the world understands them. Quoting from their preamble, quote, The basic task of the nation is to concentrate its efforts on socialist modernization along the road of Chinese-style socialism. Under the leadership of the Communist Party of China and the guidance of Marxism-Leninism and Mao Zedong's thought. And here is Article 1 of their constitution, quote, The People's Republic of China is a socialist state under the people's democratic dictatorship led by the working class and based on the alliance of workers and peasants. The socialist system is the basic system of the People's Republic of China. The leadership of the Communist Party of China is the defining feature of socialism with Chinese characteristics. Sabotage of the socialist system by any organization or individual is prohibited. Close quote. Again, for those who think we should not conflate socialism with communism or worry about socialism based on our paranoia of communism, do note that it's not a distinction communists make. The French historian Henri Locard wrote that, quote, In brief, the Maoist revolution, and above all the cultural revolution, was the revenge of the ignorant over the educated, the triumph of obscuritanism, the merit meritocracy of our own world turned on its head, the fewer degrees you had, the more power you attained, close quote. This would be why, for instance, Pol Pot and the Maoist Campuchea would target people with and seize their reading glasses. You cannot read or think for yourself. Think of it as a wholesale solution to memory holding, as opposed to rewriting everything and updating all that had been written before. Quite a retail problem, even in Oceania. 
for, quote, how could you make appeal to the future when not a trace of you, not even an anonymous word scribbled on a piece of paper, could physically survive, Orwell asked. The major concerns over China are not quite major enough, that is to say, not fully absorbed and appreciated here enough. Not their concentration camps, not their slave labor, not their Belt and Road Initiative, not their tyranny, not their invasions of others, not their occupations of places like Tibet, not their surveillance state, not their arming and funding of our enemies, not their propaganda, not their theft of intellectual property, not their racism, not their energy in space and mineral dominance, not their crushing of religious liberty, not hardly anything. And yet, even less well-absorbed, or maybe noticed is the better word, as many have absorbed it both wittingly and un wittingly, maybe not noticed enough, is our slow adoption of too much of this. It shocked me in 2020 how fast we acted like subservience to the dictates of the state over propaganda and, and control, as if we were a culture of the controlled and paternalism with a health threat becoming a society of the masked and the fearful. It shocked me in 2020 how fast we acted like subservience to the dictates of a Marxist-themed and founded mantra. It shocked me how every institution from law enforcement and national security apparatuses and professional athletic associations bowed to the dictates of that Marxist-themed and founded mantra, slogan, or war cry. It shocked me how those associations reprimanded dissidents here in America for standing with those who resisted Chinese tyranny abroad, as in the NBI here and Hong Kong over there. And it shocked me how fast we acted to exonerate China for unleashing volitionally or negligently the world's most transformational and disruptive and devastating virus and continue to see major commentators trying to deny it all. And it shocked me how much more we blamed an American president for it than those actually responsible. It shocks me how major American corporations can lecture the United States on its human or civil rights, but will kowtow to censoring any discussion or self-censor any pang of conscience of their own when it comes to their market choice of doing business with and in a country that Freedom House describes as both authoritarian and repressive. A country Freedom House states, quote, continues to tighten control over all aspects of life and governance, including the state bureaucracy, the media, online speech, religious practice, universities, businesses, and civil society associations, close quote. Or when it comes to covering it all up. Or when it comes to siding with the repressive authoritarians against their own people. In other words, what you are seeing is a long line of compliance to and embracement of Maoist Marxist theory and action, both in and of itself in practice and in the name and effort of protecting and defending said theory and action and practice here in America. I can understand aged socialists saying things like bread lines are actually a good thing. I cannot understand a country like this nearly nominating him twice to run for the presidency of the United States or accepting this same man as the current chairman of the U.S. Senate Health, Education, and Labor Committee, the trifecta of those very elements that change a society's social and cultural configurations. The yoke of Maoist Marxist thought is comfortably carried by large swaths of American culture and the American people, and of course their political thought. It's almost worth asking why we even have a defense policy or posture against China, even if in name and semaphore only. As I write this, it dawns on me there is not one person in that country of one and a half billion people who has the inverse concerns about American ethics or its freedom culture infiltrating or being accepted there. This for two reasons. One, 
the government suppresses any attempted effort of that. And two, most there just aren't interested in what we have to offer. They believe in their cause and their success and their power and their paternalism and their growth, not ours. I kind of wished we did here, though. Instead, we now see books like Orwell's 1984 not as a warning but as a policy and procedure how-to manual. Instead, we see books like Rules for Radicals not as an anachronism but as a playbook. Montesquieu wrote, The deterioration of every government begins with the decay of the principle upon it which it was founded. Some here, too many, simply do not understand that warning. Some here, too many, are actually just fine with it. Some here, too few, get it. Our friends at Issues and Insights remind us that Thomas Friedman of the New York Times wrote, If we could just be China for a day, we would be able to authorize the right solutions on everything from the economy to the environment. It's a fantasy often dreamed of, usually in secret by Western elites. For the rest of us, it's a nightmare. While our country and much of the world has finally walked away from most of the liberty-robbing and soul-crushing COVID pandemic restrictions, we got awfully close to mandating even more with liberals even arguing for triage hospitals of those who who complied and for ID cards with scannable Q codes for those who complied. We can't ask for identification for voting or for illegal immigrants, but for citizens who don't comply with nonsensical medical mandates in the name of public health among our very own citizens, all that was on the table, even promoted. All during all that time, if you were part of an American institution and you relied on Chinese investment, Perhaps, like in the NBA, you could not even in America stand up or ask people to stand up for dissidents in China. And, of course, all this comes with unilateral disarmament as well. What the elites of the West don't want for Americans is increased fossil fuel combustion. But that is exactly what China is doing. It plans to double the capacity of its coal-fired plants. Our ruling class doesn't care what China is doing since it's happening in another hemisphere. It has always been happy to let dirty energy be developed elsewhere, as long as the opportunity to protest and, whenever possible, kill domestic and American energy projects remain. China's government is a model for no other nation. It's abusive, it's oppressive, it's duplicitous, it's tribal, it's disposed to censorship and runs counter to the American experiment in freedom and individualism. No wonder the grandees and mandarins of the left are in awe of it. Justice Robert Jackson, whom I cite to a great deal here, and I think for good reason, truly understood tyranny and its consequences, which is probably one big reason why he was selected to prosecute Nazi war crimes at Nuremberg, taking a leave from the Supreme Court to do so. He had to re-instruct us that, quote, authority here is to be controlled by public opinion, not public opinion by authority. It's a shame that was necessary to teach in 1943. It's more of a shame now. As the more we've grown, the more access to knowledge and education we have attained, the more access to wealth we have achieved, we seem to understand it less now than we did nearly 80 years ago. Tom Wolfe once called our unlearning a Promethean and unprecedented start from zero. In a once famous essay of his called The Great Relearning, he wrote, The Marxists sweeping aside of not only the old social order, but also its religious ethic, which had been millennia in the making, Common decency, Orwell called it, was responsible for reinventing morality. It's an interesting line for Wolfe to pick up. It comes from a conversation Orwell had with the leader of the British Labour Party who asked him how best to fight fascism, and Orwell said he would respond with the phrase common decency. 
For him, that phrase was about honesty and grit and respectability and warmth. Think about where those values still abide. Rather rare here, don't you think? As if we were robbed of something we once possessed. Here's the warning, not the manual, from Orwell's 1984. Quote, And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all the records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and became truth. Who controls the past controls the future, and who controls the present controls the past. Now you see why they are so afraid of Elon Musk or Republicans taking control of government records and data or Fox News or Ron DeSantis or opposition to ESG. And that fear manifests in them wanting to treat all the foregoing the way China treats its citizens. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Paul's in Peoria. Hello, Paul. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. How are you, sir? All righty. I work in the healthcare industry, and I'm acutely aware of the thousands of deaths that are happening due to fentanyl. And I've thought of a logical reason why this has to be a Chinese plot to uh, kill more Americans. Um, if there's any doubt about COVID uh, being part of that, there is no doubt in my mind about fentanyl because every uh, drug pusher and drug pushing organization uh, wants users to become addicted, but they don't want them to die because if they die, they lose a customer. And if everybody who takes their product dies, they've got no customers and no money. And what's happening now is, um, so they're not even calling it fentanyl. They are saying uh, they're crushing up uh, fentanyl, or it comes in a powdered form. And then they say, this is cocaine. No, this is ecstasy. No, this is heroin. They'll call it anything, but it's really a, a terribly powerful poison that kills people so quickly and, and instantly sometimes that I just heard a story today about a woman who touched a, uh, a, a bill, a dollar bill, uh, I don't know what the nomination, but a paper money that had fentanyl powder on it, and she died. Now, I think the logic of this does point to China. Um, and uh, what do you think? I don't think there's any real doubt anymore, Paul, that at least the precursors are shipped from and originate in China. I don't think anyone doubts that anymore. Uh, and then, of course, combined and admixed in Mexico and flows up through the Mexico border. No, I don't think anyone doubts anymore the origins for the illegal fentanyl use and overdose. We shouldn't call it overdose. We should just call it poisoning uh, because there's there's no appropriate dose, right? Um, so I, I, for, for people that just want to understand my vernacular when I call it poisoning, that's why. There's no appropriate dose. An overdose is overdoing something that you should normally be able to do. You should not be normally able to do this. So it's a poisoning. It's not an overdose. Yeah. So I, there's no question that it originates in China and is, um, and is brought in and mixed in Mexico. Now, one of the interesting things, Paul, that you said is that up until about uh, a year and a half ago, uh, you were 100% right. 
up until about a year and a half ago. You're about 85% right now because you know what? People are actually on the streets of Phoenix and other major cities asking for fentanyl, believe it or not. They didn't used to. They now are because they think they can, of course, manage the dose. And you have public health organizations in major cities like San Francisco and New York telling people they can start using opioids as long as they start small and do it with friends. It's one of the most insane things under the guise of public health I think I could have imagined or that the devil could create. Um, So one of the things we have to obviously hold China accountable for is that, and you're right, 70,000 fentanyl overdoses or poisonings last year, 70,000 dead last year in America, highest number we've ever had on record. But now people are asking for it, which is an interesting an interesting uh, an interesting aspect to this problem because there's two ways really to address the drug problem in America and I suppose in almost any country but I know America better than any other country when it comes to this there's two ways there's a su- supply side and a demand side the supply side is obviously the pushers the dealers the manufacturers the uh, exporters the demand side is dealing with why is it people here want this stuff and how do we stop them from wanting this stuff? No, well, su- no, may, sell- no, no retailer works without a customer, right? That's right. Now, if I may, yeah. they, they want it because they have miserable, unhappy lives, and they, they are self-medicating, as they say. Mm-hmm. But, and because fentanyl is synthetic, it is far cheaper to produce. That's correct. And probably, yeah. and probably comes at a much lower price. Right. It's a dollar and a pill that, now. It's a dollar a pill. Yeah, well, exactly. Used to be used to be fifty bucks a pill. You're right. Yeah, that that little that little catch in your throat that should shock the hell out of everyone in this audience. Com- compare compare that to like I mean to what heroin. What I mean, heroin is like a and a high, and, and now you know why they're asking for fentanyl. You betcha. You betcha. You betcha. Yeah, we we have the devil among us right now, Paul. We need an exorcism. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sorry to put it so strongly. Think, That's not how I usually talk, but that I don't know how to talk do, about it anymore. But I do, I do believe uh, part of the devil in the details yeah. is that the Chinese, of course, are trying of course. every which way from Sunday to weaken of this country. I don't think there's any doubt about that in my mind, and I don't think most Americans' minds anymore either, except for the fact that what I was talking about in my monologue, which is this large body of the American population that seems to be just blithe and okay with this, just seems to be okay with it. You know there were protests two days ago at these congressional hearings, protests from leftists saying, leave China alone. It's incredible. It's an incredible state we've worked ourselves into. It's an incredible lather. Paul, thank you. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. The kids in America have a big problem. Yeah, speaking of that song, um, we can talk about that or anything you'd like. 602-508-0960. We'll have Sam Stone with us a little bit later. I'm going to talk to him about things a little bit beyond politics today. Do a little culture with Sam. See the kinds of things that uh, make him tick. And uh, Brian Kennedy of the... uh, 
uh, is uh, Brian Kennedy, formerly of the Claremont Institute, and now at the Committee on the Present Danger. China is going to join us at the top of the next hour uh, to discuss further the uh, predations from China. Victor Davis Hansen has an incredibly important piece up, The Woke Wrecking Machine. The Woke Wrecking Machine, almost everything that has followed from the woke mass hysteria gripping the nation since 2020 has proven disastrous. Wokeism destroys meritocracy in favor of forced equality of result, history's prescription for civilizational decline. If we continue with the woke hiring of administrators, air traffic controllers, ground crew, pilots, and rail workers, there will be even more news of disasters and near-hit airline crashes. Wokeness demands a McCarthyite suppression of free expression. No wonder a woke FBI recently hired out social media censors to suppress stories it deemed unhelpful. Soviet-style wokeism mandates strict ideological party-line narratives under the cover of science. No wonder a woke government lied that requiring vaccines would prevent both infection and infectiousness. Woke substitutes race for class in its eternal neo-Marxist quest to divide permanently the nation along racial lines between victims and victimizers. Yet wokeism recently has embarrassed itself as never before. Take the COVID pandemic. The Department of Energy has joined the FBI and is now attributing the origins of the pandemic to a leak of a likely engineered virus from the top security virology lab in Wuhan, China. Wokesters had long suppressed that reality, demonizing any who rejected its orthodox lies and spoke a larger truth. A dystopic China is not our global partner in greening the planet. Criticizing Stalinist China is not racist. China is not building a progressive society that is a model for others. The ongoing environmental catastrophe in East Palestine, Ohio, following the train derailment, revealed more woke moral bankruptcy. Ostensibly, the ensuing toxic spill and noxious plume have poisoned a poor and working-class small town. It should have galvanized the old Democratic Party that once voiced loud support for all green causes and championed the lower American classes. Where is Michael Moore? But woke ended all that, substituting racial chauvinism for class concerns and ideology for genuine worry over the environment. Woke dogma mandates that pollution and poverty are no longer concerns if they affect the white poor who are stereotyped collectively as privileged victimizers. Wokesters insist that California is the greatest casualty of climate change defined as permanent drought. Purported climate change required radical new bureaucratic rules and anti-democratic mandates over irrigation supplies, groundwater, and contracted water deliveries from public reservoirs. But then it rained. And then it snowed. And it became terribly cold and supposedly scorching California. Southern California is blanketed in snow. Even so, for much of this cold, wet winter, state officials continued to claim the man-made drought was in full force. But finally, the most recent... Frigid, wet weather strangled the woke drought, and with it the credibility of our climate changed Cassandra's. Americans sympathize with Ukraine's plight as Russian President Vladimir Putin seeks to destroy its autonomy, but woke broke no deviation from the party line that Ukraine's Volodymyr Zelensky is a saint while Russia is near bankrupt due to sanctions and doomed to lose the war. Accordingly, the United States was obligated to give Ukraine a veritable blank check given Kyiv's commitment to freedom. Zelensky's team now even talks of a victorious Ukrainian armored counteroffensive in Moscow's Red Square. This week, however, we are learning the Russian economy is nearly as strong now as it was before the war. It has mobilized 700,000 troops to ensure that eastern Ukraine become a Verdun-like killing field where tens of thousands more will be ground up. 
Ukraine bars dissidents and maintains a government media monopoly. And the more President Joe Biden promises another 2 to $3 billion in biweekly aid, the more Zelensky asks as if it's a pittance, given what supposedly stingy Americans should be capable of supplying. Meanwhile, at home, new woke protocols mandate race as essential rather than incidental to the human experience. Supposedly, such fixations will heal racial wounds. Victor has a lot more on the dangers and devastations of wokeism, which I'll talk about when we come right back. I love going to cinematographer's parties, don't you? When's the last time you were invited to one, Bill? It's been... Well, oh, were you? Last week. You've probably been hearing me talk about why refi for a while now, and if you still have some questions about what it means to invest with them or what it could be like for you to invest with them, they'd love for you to give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. They would happily put you in touch with any number of their many satisfied clients and customers in the Phoenix area who have done quite well with investing with Y-REFI. They'd also like me to ask you how your IRA is doing. Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market or the Fed? Did you know you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds and you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax-deferred? That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you earn. Check them out at investyrefi.com or better yet, give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. Victor Hansen continues on his uh, Threats from Wokeism piece, writing that under the new reparatory and compensatory diversity, equity, and inclusion rules, those deemed non-white were to be hired and admitted to colleges in greater numbers than their demographics. Even the old mandated proportional representation quotas were no longer enough. But racial chauvinism, nonstop talk of reparations, and the new campus segregations have not resulted in better racial relations. Polls show there are greater racial tensions now than ever before, data on interracial and hate crimes show even sharper racial disproportionalities. The incidence of both black violent criminal perpetrators and black crime victims are near historical highs. Woke policies like no cash bail, downgrading felonies, and no jail time only spiked violent lawlessness. Our elite universities, now fully in the grip of the woke, almost weekly an embarrassing story further erodes their credibility and reputation. Ridiculous lists of taboo words are issued on woke campuses, barring such incendiary words like American and immigrant. Bragging of segregated dorms, graduations, and safe spaces recalls Jim Crow, not racial utopia. Grades and standards are deemed counter-revolutionary, even as incompetent graduates increasingly fail to impress employers. Someday wokeism will disappear because it is inherently nihilistic and cannibalistic. But in the meantime, Americans should end it now before it ends. America first. Do you guys remember um, the hullabaloo, Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster? Well, this from the Free Beacon, Ticketmaster, which charges service fees on each ticket it sells, raked in a bunch of money just recently selling tickets to Louis Farrakhan's annual Savior's Day conference in Chicago. took place last weekend. During his speech at the event, Farrakhan assailed the, quote, stranglehold that Jews have on the government and claimed, quote, Jewish power is what has all of our people of knowledge and wisdom and talent afraid, close quote. This man who's called Judaism a gutter religion and compared Jews to vermin. 
The event was met with crickets on Capitol Hill, with almost no one in Congress speaking out against Ticketmaster for making money off of the Fair Can event. The reaction is a stark contrast to lawmakers' response when Ticketmaster bungled sales last year for Taylor Swift's much-anticipated concert tour. The fiasco was in the news cycle for weeks and led to a Department of Justice investigation as well as a Senate hearing. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle say Ticketmaster and its parent company, Live Nation, have a monopoly over the ticket industry, leading to price gouging and a failure to crack down on automatic, excuse me, on automated scalping. Wrote Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in November, quote, Daily reminder that Ticketmaster is a monopoly. Its merger with Live Nation should have never been approved. Democratic Senators Richard Blumenthal and Amy Klobuchar called on the Department of Justice to investigate. None of their offices responded to a request for comment on Ticketmaster's Farrakhan fest. Only Senator Marsha Blackburn, R. Tennessee, who also spoke out about the Taylor Swift crisis uh, problem, weighed in on the Farrakhan controversy when contacted by the Washington Free Beacon. Quote, it is extremely concerning that Ticketmaster is choosing to use its platform to elevate and promote a well-known anti-Semite. The targeting of the Jewish people has gone on far too long and must stop, close quote. Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington, Republican, a Ticketmaster critic who serves as the chairwoman of the House Energy Commerce Committee, also sent a comment after the story was published. This kind of thing has no place in America, said McMorris-Rogers. Ticketmaster should be completely transparent on why it chose to profit off of Farrakhan's abhorrent history of hatred and violent threats of genocide. Entertainment industry leaders and Jewish groups had urged Ticketmaster to drop the Farrakhan event from its sales platform, but Ticketmaster did not waver. The event came as anti-Semitism is on the rise in the United States. Hate crimes against Jews have surged in major cities. Farrakhan criticizes them all the time. He said Jews who use the phrase never again should be blamed themselves. Quote, you can say that to men, but you can't say that to God because the Bible says, behold, the day cometh that shall burn as what? As an oven. And those who do wickedly will slay them. God is not unjust when he kills you. You know you deserved it, he added. You like that? It's a man who met with Barack Obama in the Congressional Black Caucus. Jews deserved it. Farrakhan also defended the Nazis by citing an argument he supposedly heard from a Jewish rabbi on TV. Usury is what had made them strong, I heard a Jewish rabbi say a few weeks ago, said Farrakhan. He came on television talking about Adolf Hitler. Even he said Hitler was right. Close quote. How much attention do you think will be put on Farrakhan for saying this in comparison to whatever Kanye West calls himself these days? How much? Think it'll be a tenth? I'll tell you, it'll probably be just this one story and maybe this one radio show. If others pick it up, I'll be surprised. That's what uh, that's what passes for consistency and anti-bigotry in this country these days. Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster bring down bring down the Department of Justice. Farrakhan bigotry calls to violence, defenses of the Holocaust and Adolf Hitler, walk away, turn away, look away. That's what passes for racial healing in this country. That's what passes for wokeism and progressivism in this country. That's what passes for who the heroes are in this country and who the villains are in this country. 
and people get away with this stuff minute by minute, day by day, and turn blind and blithe eyes to the real problems we have in this country with race. By the way, that's an interesting thing to read in that article, isn't that, about the uptick in anti-Semitic hate crimes? Remember when there was an uptick in 2017? Remember whose fault it was? I do. At least I remember whose fault the New York Times and all major media said it was. They said it was the fault of Donald Trump. The uptick in anti-Asian and anti-Jewish hate crimes in this country? Who's saying it's the fault of Joe Biden? Who's saying it? Play games with this stuff, folks. They play games with this stuff. The stuff which is some of the most raw and burning, fomenting on our nation's skin. It's just awful. It's just awful what the left does and the games they play with this stuff. It's toxic. In a State of the Union speech last month, Joe Biden doubled down on his spending plans, even adding more to the federal debt, which doesn't bode well for the value of your money. Biden's disconnected view of the economy means there will be no meaningful steps taken to lessen inflation and lower interest rates. Your cash reserves and investments will be worth less which is why I recommend calling the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to look into safeguarding your money with the stability of gold, the only precious metals dealer that Seb Gorka, myself, and thousands of you already know, the Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail, guarding against the destruction of inflation and the ruin of a recession. Don't let Joe Biden's misguided economy wipe you out. out. Talk with the good folks at Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com, or better yet, give them a call. At 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000. You know, when the left talks about or the woke talk about toxic masculinity, I just wonder what kind of role models they had and what kind of men they associated with. Listen to this coming from Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff. He was talking to uh, Holt on uh, MSNBC yesterday. Can we just talk about masculinity for a moment? Um, Has being second gentleman changed your own view of perceived gender roles or what it means to be a man? This is something I've I've thought about a lot and something I've spoken about a lot. There's too much of toxicity, masculine toxicity out there. And we've kind of confused what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine. This whole notion. You don't think we have confused what it means to be a man? You think maybe? You think maybe we have done some of that? You think this is something he thinks a lot there? He goes on to say you've got this trope out there where you have to be tough and angry and lash out to be strong. Do we? What kind of, what kind of men does he hang around with? What kind of male role models did these people have to think that's the role model we mean when we talk about martial virtues and masculinity? Lash out, angry, tough, tough in the right way, tough for the right reason, for everything there is a time, of course. But angry and lash out? You know, these people might want to clean up their own houses first. I can imagine that perhaps the house Doug Emhoff lives in or grew up in has a lot of that. I could, I could see that possibly. I don't know. But I know when we talk about raising boys to be men and when we talk about the martial virtues and we talk about, you know, male heroes and heroism, we're not talking about lashing out. We're not talking about angry. You know, you want to get an idea of what we're talking about? 
Sit down with some young boys and watch the man who shot Liberty Valance. That's what we're talking about. They think, they think that's toxic. I think it's heroic. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.